Be sure to share the podcast on your favourite social media channels. to get started. I don't have any of my notes up now, which is fantastic because you restarted this. <laughs> you had asked me about my tattoo. I did my ask tattoo. you about your tattoo. Uh, oh, yeah. I was super curious because yeah. it was really dope. And um, I wanted to guess who it was. I thought, was is it Tutankhamun? No, it's just, it's a female oh, pharaoh. it's a female pharaoh. And with Wayne, yeah. I, I had um, I had sent my, my tattoo guy over what I wanted. And then I was like, crap, is that the one that, that's the one that Rihanna Rihanna has, and I was like, I can't oh, no. get a chest tattoo of the one that Rihanna has. And then we worked together and and got that one. And and he did a an amazing four sessions. Like it was like one was four hours, and then like three of them were three hours, and and he killed it, and it was awesome. That's a lot of time yeah. sitting there um, contemplating life. I yeah. feel like your tattoo artist has to have a personality to go with the. Capability. He has a great personality. <laughs> yes, Nobody, he has. He's a really awesome guy. Could you guy. imagine yeah. if Ben Stein was the best tattoo artist? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Uh, Turn over. Like you Turn would. He, yeah, he would tell us, just get on your phone. Just get on your phone and don't do anything. Well, uh, welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. I am joined today by Mark Paisant. How are you doing today, Mark? I am doing great. I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Likewise, my man. You have um, quite the background, but you're a certified personal trainer and you're the host of the Relatively Normal mm -hmm. podcast and a really interesting one, the 6 a.m. run. I I feel like mm -hmm. that should have already existed. It was destined for you, right? Yeah, it, it It's funny you, you say that because the, so the person who created that company and created that podcast was looking for, Hami Mahani is his name, he was looking for specific running nutrition and pre-workout, things like that. He didn't find it, so he just created it on his own. And then he said, I want to do a podcast. And he said, oh man, being a CEO and a co-founder, I'm pretty busy. I can't really do a, a, a podcast that often. I know Mark. Hey, Mark, you have a podcast. Will you do it? And I was like, hell yeah. Of That's course right I'll up your alley. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, like, what took you so long? So, yeah, so I host two podcasts now. That's quite a uh, schedule. People don't realize, yeah. it, dependent upon what your workflow is, a lot of hosts, producers, and, you know, other creative mm -hmm. types within the process pick up a lot of the slack in between the editing, the, you know, the compilation of everything that goes into the show notes, how everything is back, mm -hmm. you know, backlinked and goes into the website and things like that. Everybody thinks it's just like an RSS feed and have a good day. And maybe someday it will be. But in the meantime, it requires mm -hmm. a lot of effort behind the scenes to, you know, bring a quality product and add value to people's lives. You've got to be on your A game. And I feel like that starts with the second podcast that we mentioned. Tell me about that 6 a.m. run 
and how you start a day. So, you know, how I start a day. So it pretty early most of mm-hmm. the time. Um, and a lot of my days, at least half of them start at 4 a.m. Um, and I know some people are like, I didn't even know That's there was yesterday. a 4 a.m. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? For, you mean today? Yeah. Like today for it? And it's like, yeah. Um, and the re- and I'll say this. I don't do it because like, hey, I'm this crazy guy that has to. Yeah. No, that's the time I have in my day. Um, I have two girls. I have a wife that works. Um, I have responsibilities. I have a day job, which I work eight hours a day. Um, I coach, you know, soccer. And I, I my other daughter plays soccer. So it's like, what time during the day? And I train. Like, my, my, I just got off a training session with my sister. It's like, what time during the day do I have for, for me? And it's like, okay, between 4 a.m. and 7 a.m. is specifically for me. So I wake up and usually I get my, my workout in. If I work out at my gym, I'll just go work out there, shower, come home, do some work. If I work out, if I go to the office, I usually get to the office around 5, 5.30, get a workout in, um, shower there, go start working and, and do all my duties. And then normal week, I'll come home and usually around between four and five. And, you know, usually I will prepare dinner and then take my daughter to soccer practice, take one of them to soccer practice. We'll go to soccer practice. We'll come home, we'll eat dinner. And then everybody kind of decompress and I'm kind of in daddy mode where it's like, okay, you know, we have to, you know, do the dishes. We have to take showers. We have to do laundry do dishes, do anything like that. And then it's about 10 o'clock at night. And you're like, I've been up since four. Lights out. This has been a lot, but it's such a, it's such a, a good day for me. It's such a complete day. I feel like I've been successful. I feel like I've, I've added value to the world and to my family. I cannot sit down and do nothing. I can't binge watch TV uh-uh. shows. I can't do anything like that because it just feels like um and I know there's my wife she loves Same. to she binge watches that's her decompression I'm I'm cool with that um but I can't do that so how's that ADHD working out for you my goodness <laughs> I tell you what you've I, harnessed uh, the powers obviously you've harnessed the power I you have. have to put reins on ADHD mm-hmm. you don't get to control it it's not going to go away you have to ride it like a horse break it and then get it to trot for you and it'll still has a mind of its own it fucking does shit mm-hmm. when you don't want it to do things. It will put you on a hyper focus in the middle of a house that you should have been doing 10 other things. It's bizarre that mm-hmm. way. But once you harness it, you could become a really good weapon for change by living in the now. Mm-hmm. And I like that you had two separate things that you were doing there. You was a dedication to mm-hmm. self, and then there was a dedication mm-hmm. to passion and life. Right. And those are two distinctly different things, and they don't take place with quality. If you do not care for yourself first. That is a thousand percent correct. I subscribe to that as well. And my morning practice is meditation. It's been for four years. I haven't Mm -hmm. missed a day. And my philosophy behind it or the analogy that I use is um, the old school phone booth on the game show full of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. The phone booth is the mind. The dollars are the thoughts and meditation in the morning is being able to walk in before they turn the fan on 
and collect the cash off the floor. I love that. I love that. That is, I might steal Please. that. I uh, might steal. Actually, no, I am. I am. That, there's a might about it. I'm going dude, to. It, I'm going to. It took me a long time to figure that out. And mine was meditation. Mm. But I recognize that there are so many different forms of wringing mm. the body of that energetic issue that we carry that is stress and everything in between from facing what it is to have the human condition, right? That said, your methods will not be the same as my methods. And you have found exercise as one of those pillars. Can you give me a secondary one that you utilize that gives you that escape? This is gonna, it's, this is so true. Um, doing laundry. And I know, and I know that people weren't expecting that, but let me explain it real quick I love because it's, it's, it, I didn't, I didn't know it. There is something about taking this pile of disorganized, mashed mm. up clothes and then organizing them in these folded sections. Do you have a, do you have a t-shirt and board? I, oh get man, one, I dude. I'll, I'll send you the link afterwards. I, I, because I'm with okay. you on this. That's why I kind of chuckled when you said it. Because uh, it's a mortal enemy of mine for the longest time. Mm -hmm. It's either all in mm -hmm. complete or all in yep. for a week. <laughs> That's how laundry right. goes for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. I do laundry every day. And I tell you, what the, uh, the other thing, and I'll be honest with you, like the other thing, just getting in front of my, my mic and talking to people on, on the podcast, like there's something... Like even when I'm the most tired, even if it's, I had one person who I forgot what country they're in, but the only time they could record was 11 o'clock my time, Eastern, Eastern time. And I remember I was tired. I was exhausted. But I'm like, I'm going to get it done. 30, 45 minutes, whatever. Right when I jumped on that mic, I was just so energetic. I was so like, it was bouncing back and forth. Like my brain just went into creator mode immediately. And I just, all the synapses started going off. Like everything was hyper-focused. And I'm like, this is, like, this is what I love to do. I love to do this. And I get so much energy and passion out of it. Can't stress that enough for anybody and everybody out there. It's not cliche to pursue your passion and hope that, you know, the world will monetize it in its own way or the universe will monetize it. Yep. I say it all the time. We're a conduit. We're a pipe. Everything floats. And you, when you remove the clog of greed and replace it with giving, you become a conduit for better things to happen. And that does include money. Because it's going to flow the direction that's easiest. And if that one is the one that's not hoarding it and is giving it back, it's going to continue to go through them. It's just, I mean, it seems just as logical to me. Right. And go ahead. I, yeah, no, I was just saying like it, 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 like it almost, it's at that point where like to me and as you just said to you, it, it's almost too simple sometimes. Like what you, you, what you just said, <laughs> so, what you just said, like someone thinking, like listening to like, ah, oh, that's like, that's so deep. Like, <laughs> he's right. And it's like, like when you're talking, I'm like, yeah, that's, fuck. That's pretty much it. That's, <laughs> that's that, I mean, that, he said it. Yeah, I told you, addiction is an invitation <laughs> to ascension. <laughs> like I, I, I kind of wanted to just drop a mic for her and turn the show mm -hmm. off and just let it go black. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, yeah. listen to this. 
That's all you need to hear because it's so damn mm -hmm. true. And I'm glad mm -hmm. that that kind of came up because you have a specific medication that you mentioned throughout your bio and your work yeah. that you do. And that was Adderall in relationship to your ADHD. Can you explain mm -hmm. your relationship with that and how, how that's taken place over time? So not to go, not to take too much time on the backstory because I, you know, as a young kid, like my teachers saw the attention deficit in me. Like I wasn't, I was a hyper kid, but it's like every kid has that hyperactivity in them. And, but they saw the, the attention deficit part of it and where they told my parents about it. And of course my mother was like, no, nothing's wrong with my child. He's fine. He just needs to apply himself. And I grew up with that, that thought process. I, th I, I grew up with the fact that if I ever just wavered or couldn't focus, I just needed to work harder or, or whatever. And as I become an adult, it actually happens a couple of years ago where I'm, I'm working at a startup company. And anybody who's worked at a startup knows like, whatever your title is, you're doing 13 other different oh, things. Oh man, makes your email signature and, look fucking <laughs> heavy. You look like a baller yeah, in a does. small yeah. company. I love when a small company person moves over to a big company. I was a director. I'm like, of who? Yeah. Only? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I say that, yeah. I say the same thing. And it's funny, it's like, I know there's 45 people at your company. Like who, like I, you, you have the CEO, like it's, come on, let's manager. be honest here. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so um, I, I had the role of like building a department of training people, of putting together reports, of doing all this stuff. And, and I said out loud to one of the guys I got close with, I'm like, I, I tell you right now, I don't think, I, I worked 10 hours today. I don't think I got anything mm -hmm. done. And I know I was at, I know I was at my desk. I know I was working hard. And yeah, he was very helpful. And he was trying to get me these, these processes and stuff. And I was in therapy at the time. And, and I mentioned this and, and the woman was like, I, well, I, I, I know you have ADHD. Like I know. And it's like, no, I, she's like, will you do me a favor? Talk to your personal, uh, primary care doctor and just have him discuss it with you, take the test and, and just see if he wants to put you on anything. I said, you know, it's not going to hurt. Like, it's really not going to hurt. And I talked to him and I, coolest guy, he was, he's one of those old school doctors. And he told me, sure, he's like, when I first started, I thought this stuff was, you know, I thought kids just had to apply themselves more. And, and I didn't really believe mm -hmm. in it. And he's like, I tell you right now, this stuff has changed so many people's lives. I understand there's an addiction mm. to a certain subset of people. We understand that. I mean, but he's like, I've seen C minus students go to A plus students just because they were able to focus on their work. And he's like, I'm going to put you on this. Let me know how you feel on it. But know two things. One, it's a stimulant. Watch your sleep. And it's a, um, it'll affect how you eat. It, 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 it's, a, it's a suppressant too in regard to your appetite. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. And I, those words he said, I kind of heard the focus part. I didn't hear this suppress it. And the, the first week, I swear to God, I'm like, why am I up and not hungry? Oh, so, yeah, it'll, um, it'll put you on a different yeah. <laughs> plane when you first start utilizing those medications. It's oh, everything seems like it's in slow motion. You're like, holy mm. shit. How long have I been doing the same thing without jumping 500 times? Right. 
right. And write a report. And, now I but, understand how people can write a report. You give a report to an ADHD head, it's only going to happen 10 minutes before it's due. Right. Oh, you're absolutely right about that. And, but what happened and this, I'm in the, the, the really small, small minority when it comes to this part of Adderall, all my anxiety went away almost immediately. Holy shit. And cause they tell you in the description, like this can lead to more anxiety because it's a stimulant, like your brain can shoot all over 100%. the place. And I, I took it and I'm starting to sit down and I, I'm getting, I, I, I feel the effects, I feel the focus and like I only have one thought in my brain other than 1500 and like all the anxiety has gone away. Like when I say all, I mean all. You were and, a victim of your ADHD up to that point and were taking yes. it on full force without the realization mm -hmm. that it's something that is only existent when you focus on it. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And he, and, and my daughter is, is she's nine, she's diagnosed with ADHD and it's, it, it manifests differently in, in girls and boys. And it's amazing to say it's 2023 and the doctors are just now figuring out that it's different in girls than it is boys. But, um, you know, girls don't really have the hyperactivity part of it. They have more impulse control issues. And mm, which that's is very that, dangerous. That's, that, that, that's something that, and my doctor even told us like, listen, with something like this in girls, like you have to understand that when they get to the age that they are the decision makers and they're the ones that are driving and they're the ones that are responsible, like it might take one to say, oh, you know what? I don't, the stop, stop sign. I don't really need to, I don't need to stop at it. Or I have friends in the car. I can speed or my friends have been drinking. I'm going to go like that impulse control is something you have to worry about when they're Hardcore. young. I don't want to say worry about. You have to, you have to at least have those conversations with her. And almost every day, it happened last night with her, you know, we have conversations about impulse control. And then when she woke up this morning, you know, she has this look on her face, like, I know I did something wrong. And it's like, hey, you know, what, what do you, do you, you want to talk about it? You want to say something? No, I don't. And it's like, well, hey, I want to, and I told her, I, like, I want to tell you right now, like, it does us no good not to talk about it. Like you might feel embarrassed. You might feel that you did something wrong and daddy's upset. But I was like, I told her, I was like, you worry about your physical health all the time. Like, I see you trying to get faster. I see you trying to get better at basketball and soccer. I, I see you working hard at those things. And she has gotten exponentially better in the two years she's been playing those sports. Right. But I was like, you have to do the same thing with your mental health. I was like, you have ADD. Like, let's put it out there. You know that. You said it. You understand it. I was like, but it's going to do us no good if from this point out, we don't talk about it and we don't have conversations about it. Because my generation, we didn't have those conversations mm -hmm. with we our parents. We had punishments. So we grew, <laughs> we had punishment. <laughs> so we grew, we grew up suppressing emotions and thinking we're, we're bad people. That's what we grew up. And I, I don't want my daughter to suppress anything. Mm -hmm. And I want her to grow up knowing that she's, she's perfect just the way she is. And let's just, let's just talk. That's it. Humans are different. Yeah, that when when we embrace the yeah. fact that we're all unique in our own ways and that we have certain methods with which we intake information and process it, right? It, there was an eye-opening moment for me when I learned that people can see in their head. I know that sounds bizarre, right? But this is an example of how we don't understand two people standing beside each other. Because not 
all people consume and think the same way or in the same manner. Right. To me, if you said, Jay, imagine you're on a beach and there's a palm tree next to you, or imagine you're holding an apple, you know, for my entire life, I thought this was hypothetical. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm supposed to feel like this or something. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just thought it was just kind of stupid, honestly. And I think the people that think mm -hmm. it's stupid probably have the condition that I, or it's, I don't believe in conditions, but it's called aphantasia. Right. My mind is black. If I close my eyes and you say, imagine something, I'm imagining nothing. <laughs> I don't consume information that way. I don't know why. I don't memory. My memory doesn't work. I have nightmares which is super bizarre too, but I don't process information that way. My buddy, he actually has almost like a readable ticker tape wow. in the way that he consumes information. Mm. It's super mm. weird. And if two people are having that unique of an experience, no way mm -hmm. that we can understand each other without some kind of compassion and empathy. Right. <laughs> Much less ADHD I, I, yep. for fuck's sake. Mm. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's all about, and, and I don't pretend to, to know everything about what she's going through or what others are going through. I just like, literally, I just, I expect nothing. Shouldn't. And I know that sounds horrible. I know that sounds horrible. I just had this conversation with my sister. Like I, and the reason I do that, it's partly a defense mechanism, but it's partly to be fair to the person. And because if I go in there with, Say I go in there with somebody I just meet and I have high expectations. Guess what's the only thing they can do? They can only disappoint me and that's not fair to them. And if I go in there with low expectations, then that's disrespectful off the bat. So I go in there with literally zero expectations and I let somebody just show themselves to me. Like I don't, do, I can't, and that, that was a learned behavior, but that's, that's what's protected me There's now. There's nothing wrong with that, especially in a situation mm -hmm. where you have someone that, is subject to their own battle within their mind to mm. maintain the societal yep. structure. And I think mm. that you're doing that correctly and that you're allowing her to be authentic. And then you're yep. also not... Apprehension creates scars. The moment that we are apprehensive about being ourselves, that's the moment that we create some kind of bizarre defense mechanism in our head to keep us from repeating that action and being subject to the same disdain or disappointment mm -hmm. or anger or whatever the hell it was, the cross-eyed look from the guy in school, whatever it is, it's so bizarre. Mm -hmm. But that apprehension really does create those things. It's, it's got to be the precursor. Mm -hmm. I'm not a psychologist, but I could only think that if I'm trying to avoid something because I didn't like it the first time and it's just me being me, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a huge problem. And I think that you're allowing mm -hmm. your daughter to grow and explore her mentality and how she's addressing things and how she's consuming things. Obviously, you're not going to let her go off the rails, right? Right. But you put some bumpers on, like you do a bowling alley and let her just fucking have some yep. fun. You get three pins this mm -hmm. time, you get 10 the next. You know, and do it. I'm sorry, I just simplified your child very <laughs> Hey, that that's how it, I, I simplify things in my head all the time. So that, like I said, that's how that's what makes makes the world 
that's what makes my perception easier for me, at least. Like I, I don't, I, I think as humans, and I'm going to generalize and, and I don't generalize often, but I'm going to generalize. I think as humans, we complicate a lot of things that don't <laughs> need to be complicated. You could have megaphoned that. You could have been a Southern preacher. You could have done anything uh, you wanted yeah. with that because everything uh, we feel is a decision. Uh, oh my God. And it's like, you know, even the relationships we have, what are we like? What should we do? It's like, do you, this is a Wendy's, like, let's just freaking order a number four and get on with it. It's mm. like, I mean, geez. You bring up a great point, though. Why is it that we will compound a situation into a stalemate just looking at a list of food items and not for that we're just scared of how we might feel when we start to consume it or some shit like that. It's a bizarre phenomenon or where we're wondering if the person behind the register judges the fact that I got a double Whopper instead of a single, mm -hmm. you know, weird shit like that going into this whole situation when the baser issue here is that you're hungry and you need to <laughs> satiate your hunger. Whether it's got fucking that Wendy's dude on it or... <laughs> fucking <laughs> arches or it's a salad it's still just consuming food in fact i we had a primatologist on sorry i'm, I'm gonna change it for a second this is kind of funny go ahead no go ahead we had a primatologist on and i brought this up um and we kind of glanced over it and went to something else but we make extremely sensitive complicated decisions while hungry we have decisions that are made two seconds before lunch amongst all of our leaders in a giant room when we know they're all old enough to have blood sugar problems, so they're angry as shit, but we will complicate real-world decisions and life-altering decisions based on the fact that we need a Snickers. Mm -hmm. Where every other animal on this planet says, hungry, eat. Hungry eat opportunity there. That's it. You don't like mm -hmm. choose which gazelle except for the <laughs> one that's easiest to grab. <laughs> like I like the ones with white stripes. <laughs> no. They like the one in the back of the pack. Oh my God. Oh, that is, I, that's hilarious. And it's, it, it's hilarious and it's kind of sad at the same time. It really is because you're absolutely right. And it's, you know, I noticed that in a group of people in that situation, like no one wants to be the first person to say they're hungry either. Like no oh, one wants to come out and be like, there's yeah, shame and not being able to, to it, yes. maintain and drive through mm -hmm. it. That's a weird condition. Would Mr. Ford mm -hmm. give us that one? Is that the one that we blame for that? Yeah. I, I think so. I think so. And, you know, it's always that one person up front. It's like, hey, I say we just work through I'll lunch. Punch him right in the windpipe. Now, like, no, oh, <laughs> you work through lunch. Like, you work through lunch. Like, I don't care what you do. Like, I am hungry, sir. Like, it's just ridiculous. My wife carries emergency so, I mean, cliff bars. That's a great the idea. Minis. That's a great idea. The minis. You get the peanut butter mm. minis that can fit in your pocket. And then, you know, when you're about to walk into that place that you've already been apprehensive about, I've, I've taken to mm -hmm. doing this. And I know that I probably have something underlying in my genetics that says that I'm predisposed mm -hmm. to getting hangry. Right. But I kid mm -hmm. you not, 
getting in the car. I live in an area here, for some reason, it is volatile. The people are very angry all the time. They're racing around, and it's to the point where it's just nonsense. I have trouble around bullies. And if you're a driving bully, I still have a problem with you too. And if I'm hungry and you're a driving bully, mm. 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 so I eat a couple bites of a cliff bar, jump in the car, music on, no issues. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how that 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 mind body connection works. Is you? I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, that's literally your body is, and whether it's thirsty or hungry or just you know you haven't eaten, whatever it is, like. It affects how you feel. Like you could make two different decisions 100%. on the same question. Never get a hungry depending judge. Depending on if you've had a meal. <laughs> oh my God. Never get a hungry judge. <laughs> I would be ordering pizza and donuts for that. <laughs> Whoever she is or he is, I'd be like, hey, before we start, uh, what's your favorite food? Yeah, with you. Oh, the jurors. I need to know jurors too. Like anybody, anybody like Asian, who likes if Asian. You guys like, I got make you. Him <laughs> stall for lunch. I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> now, I'm not monitoring that any process. Yeah. Other than <laughs> the food consumption of all the people involved in my conviction, <laughs> like everybody needs right. to be on a full stomach for this fucking situation. Right. It's like I got life. You got three to five. How'd this happen? Yeah. Uh, I I got him a pizza. Uh -huh. I got him a pizza. Just, just yeah. like every other corporate fucker across the world, no raises. Pizza Friday. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you want dude? We are so conditioned to cake and pizza that it is literally capable of satiating an angry group of workers mm -hmm. who have been mistreated. That they will accept that in moments and feel as if they've been valued or validated with pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> and they they do that quick. Like they oh, right when you jerk. get that first job, that first job out of college, like, hey guys, pizza on Friday. And you're like, oh my, I hit the jackpot. I make forty thousand dollars a year and I hit the jackpot. And it's like, uh, they're playing you. They're playing you. So, but Bro, it's a lot easier to, to get a that, two, you have, yeah, two you, pies you, from you, Little Caesars and your raise. Oh my God. <laughs> there you go. That's, oh, not <laughs> speaking my language now. Speaking my language. Uh -oh. Are you a pizza man? I am. And like Little Caesars is one of my favorite. So, uh, isn't that funny? Of course, you know, it I'll, sucked I'll be for the longest time. Oh, it's so good. Now it's so like, good. It's almost got like a buttery crust on the bottom of mm -hmm. it. See, I'm a, I love a New York style pizza, and that's its own pizza. I love a yep. Chicago pizza. I live in Chicago. Love it. It's not pizza. Mm -hmm. It's 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 like it's a, a it, it's a that's a saucy. Cake. It is a saucy cake, or it's like a, a tomato quiche. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know what else to call it, but it's not a pizza. And then you have Little Caesars and Pizza Hut, <laughs> and those are. For some reason, it's like deep fried garlic bread with cheese mm. and sauce and pepperoni on it. Oh my god, I might, I might have to get little seizures tonight. Now that you mention it, no, I'm gonna stay strong. You're gonna stay, stay strong? strong, so. But you should cheat mm. every now and then, and I don't even consider it cheating. I, Just live mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Well, it, it. So I, I have a theory on that, and and I know. See what happens, and I, I. I 
I don't know if we're segueing or if I'm just going off my own no, tangent. Please do. Like what, what happens when when people decide either decide to go on a fitness journey, decide, you know what, I'm gonna bulk up or I'm gonna lose weight, whatever it is. Like the first it's usually like that first Sunday or for one of the first Sundays, they go out and they haven't had anything good to eat in a few days or a few weeks. And they're like, I'm gonna have a cheat day. And their cheat day, all it does is remind them of how good the food was they used to eat. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and I tell people this porn. all the time. Uh, yeah, a little, little, yeah, a little exactly. <laughs> just a little, not much, just a little. A little. It's like, yeah, that, that's not, like, you, you've had this food for 30 years and then you don't have it for two weeks and you think you have it again and you're like, oh, I'm good now. And so what, what I tell people and I don't give unsolicited advice. Like someone asked me this, I'll, I'll give them this advice, but I'm like, hey, um, think about like, and again, I simplify things in life. Think about what it takes to get fit or say, for instance, to lose weight. Like, and, and I never tell people to lose weight, I tell them to get fit. But say somebody in their head, like, I'm going to lose weight. So a pound is, is, to lose a pound is a couple thousand calories. It's usually around two to 3,000 calories, depending on how big you are. So say you work every day to have a deficit of 500 calories and through the week, that's six days, Monday through Saturday, that's 3000 calories that maybe you lost pound, pound and a half, maybe two. And you're going to have a cheat day that Sunday and you're going to overeat by two to three or 4,000 calories. So you've lost all your gains. Now, th that's very simple because you could have gained muscle, protein, right, versus, right, right, it's, right. it's a bunch of stuff. It's very simple. However, What's easier though, if you don't change, if you look at nutrition as like fueling the body, because here's the thing, like your body needs carbs. Your, that's, your brain is built on carbohydrates. Like your brain needs to generate that, it's carbs. Like your muscles, of course, are your proteins. You need the fats for heart health. I mean, there's things you, you know, there, sugar can be used for energy. Like there's things that people will tell you to stay away from. And it's like, no, don't stay away from it. Your body wants that. Your body needs that. Your body needs salt. Um, and what if you reframe it in a way, it's like, I'm going to eat the foods that I want to eat, mm. but I'm just going to monitor how I feel when I'm eating. You and I have just talked about the decision-making we make. Like go into, we were talking about Little Caesars, Wendy's, wherever you, McDonald's, wherever you want to go to. Go into one of those places at a time that you're supposed to eat, not a time when you're hungry. It's a big difference. Oh, way different. So if you're like, hey, it's like, hey, it's 11, 30, 12 o'clock. I'm not really hungry. I'm going to work through lunch. And then you get to two, three o'clock. You're like, man, I am starving. And what happens? You overeat and you feel terrible about it. Oh, yeah, shame. Or even <laughs> ashamed, even worse, if you're the type of person that's like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit up um, a, a grocery store and grab something to make for dinner tonight. And you go there hungry and exhausted <laughs> and you spend <laughs> three, 300 three more dollars. Three Totinos <laughs> for dinner tonight. And I'm going to eat something healthy tomorrow because I'm at the tomorrow. grocery store right now. So it's, it's justified that I don't cook tonight, but I did buy yeah. some green I mean, beans for tomorrow. You understand, CJ, you get it. You get it, you understand. It's easy like, as hell to justify not yeah. going to the gym or eating healthy. Shit, I'm one trip away uh, from not going to either one. Like, <laughs> you, put, you put a twig in between me and, like, exercise? Like, oh, not today, man. <laughs> Twigs in the way. It's, it's not going to happen. 
But I just, it, and, and I say these things because I went through all this. Like I went through all this. I can't tell you about the yo-yo dieting. I can tell you about the yo-yo weight up and down. I, I mean, coming from being a former athlete to being, you know, pre-diabetic from, you know, having, one thing I never had was I never had high blood pressure. I have no idea how I never had high blood pressure. That's, that's just great because genetically, every one of my family has high, blood, has high blood pressure. And then I didn't have it. I, it spiked a little bit when I started on my Adderall. Um, but it, it came back to, I think the last time I went to the doctor, I think last week or two weeks ago, it was like 121 over 80s. It was, it was great. And, um, but I, I have my, my goal in life and I've, oh, I don't say my goal. That's kind of out there. My, the, the, what I'm trying to <laughs> hold you to this, what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to do right now at the, at the point of my life that I'm in is like really come to a point where um, I understand my mind and body need to work in connection with each other. And I can't be that person that goes to the gym or goes for runs and I'm a horrible person and I don't take care of my mental health and I, I, I don't, you know, take time to, you know, be grateful for what I have and, and spend time with my family. But I don't want to be that guy that's like, kumbaya and meditation and mindfulness and therapy. And I'm, you know, 475 pounds. It's like, dude, like, I understand that you're really cool to be around, but we can hear you breathing from the next room. Ooh. It's like, you need to get checked up. Like, and I think, I, I think a lot of people find it impossible to do both. Like, cause a lot of people use exercise to run from their issues, to escape, which is, I mean, you and I talking, like you, I could say to you, hey, you know what? I use running to escape. And you'd probably be like, oh, that's cool. Mark does that. And it's like, mm, no, that's just the problem. Well, I, well, keeping again, the problem further I, yeah, behind pro you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It is. And I, I learned that the hard way because I used to go for runs all the time thinking this is going to, this is going to solve it. I'm just going to go run away from it. And then I got back to the house or the office and I was like, damn it. The problem is still yeah, here. I didn't like, run it why, out of myself. Why, it did, damn it. And so I kind of reframed my exercise to a point where it's like, I am stressed about something. I'm going to run to think about, to lean into it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be on mine the entire run, the entire time I work out. And usually what happens 99 times out of 100 is I come back refreshed, reframed, and I can handle the issues in front of me. Not, come back and be like, crap, the world, like I thought I ran away from it, but it's still here and I still have stuff to do and I still have responsibilities. And, and so I try to, to help people understand that, you know, as humans, as, as fathers, as dads, as, as brothers, as cousins, as mothers, as, as all the, any, any label that society or you put on yourself, like, there comes issues and responsibilities with it. Like that's, that's what it is. Like, would I love to have a, a title or responsibility? It's like, hey, Mark's free and he can do whatever he wants. He has all the money in the world and his kids are set up for life. Yeah, would I, I mean, sometimes I would. But at the same time, I know the person I am right now, the 44-year-old man that I am right now would not be who he is without all the shit that I've gone through in my life. And so- Amen. Um, I, 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 when people ask the question now, I think when people 
think about maturity and maturing and becoming the best version of yourself. I think it comes down to the question that everyone asks. And it, it's one of those like, hey, we just met each other and, and let's add, like, if there's, you change one thing about your past, what would you change? And some people are like, oh, I would do this. I, I think maturity is reaching a level where you're like, I wouldn't change anything. Like that's who made me who I am today. Like are there things I look back and I cringe and like, oh my God, like I, I wore those size pants and it's like... Isn't yeah. maturity also recognizing that it's not changeable and that it doesn't yes. exist at all? It's funny. it's funny you mentioned that because I thought I was being a jerk. I know everyone sees those those posts by our friends online, and it's like take for like for instance, usually around Thanksgiving, it'll come up and it'll have like four Thanksgiving side dishes. One of them has to go, <laughs> and like when I see those, I'm like, no, they don't. Like, what? Why are we doing? What is the point of this? Right. Like, I like who and who made the, like. Hey. But Unless then again, I, I think about it, I say, uh, yes. Very. Ambrosia looks like something that I regurgitated. It looks yeah. like somebody so, scooped um, out the garbage disposal and put it back on a plate in jello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that shit. Because it does have a slightly rinsed look. Uh, yeah, now that you mention it, it does. But, you know, I, I think to the fact, like, I don't, but I don't want to be that guy that's like, ah, oh, Mark's no fun. Like, ah, oh, we can't ask. my. But So I just, I think, but, but you're absolutely right. It's like, cause what'll happen? It's the same thing with someone's like, oh, what would you do if you won the lottery? And people get, you get almost to the point where like, you've already booked the vacation because in your head you've won it, you know? And it's the same thing with that question. It's like, I, I don't want to waste my time. And it is a waste of time. Let's be honest. Is it a waste of time if you're thinking about what you could have done differently in the past mm. or what you're going to do differently in the future. Like it, it can be debilitating. And that's, I mean, that's why people get so caught up mm. in coulda, shoulda, woulda. Uncle Rico. Or I'm going to do this. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Can't be Uncle yes. Rico, man. Yes. Uncle Rico yes. doesn't live in the present. Mm -mm. Does not. Um. I don't know where he lives, to be honest. Like, he does like that guy. He doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where I, I just want, you know, I, I think that there's one thing that has totally changed my perspective on how I live and how I coach and how I, you know, I'm a family, all that stuff is, is living with intent, the intentions mm. that I have now. And write your script. There's, yeah, ex exactly. And, 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 you know, there's so many people that, and I was one of them that kind of just figured life is just going to happen on its own and something will figure itself out. And if I just do the right things, if I go, I go get educated and I, I, I check the boxes, like, but then it's like, man, while you were doing those things, you could have like, one, you could have had fun. Like you could have had right? fun. You could have learned things. Like it's, you could it's have been amazing. A kid still, the, it, thank you. Yes, like yes. Stop being a kid, or start being a kid. Right, so being Remember a kid, yeah. that you're a kid, and that mm -hmm. we're still only playing a grown-up version of make-believe. That's God. all we're doing. It has adult consequences. We. Didn't try to make a salad 
taste like a Whopper. If that isn't bored fucking creatures doing shit for shit, I don't know what is. Like, and here's the thing. The dude that was coming up with whatever fucking liquid they dropped on that impossible Whopper to make it taste like a burger mm -hmm. probably was stressed. He was crying at night. <laughs> His wife left him. I don't give a shit about that Whopper, but babe, I'm close. I'm really close to getting it. You're never going to get it. You're never going to get that one, but I'm going to get fired. Or a fucking salad that tastes like beef. What's wrong with us? Tell me that's not make believe. Uh, I have I have this conversation. Like I have a couple ve vegan friends, and I'm cool with them. Like I had a vegan on the six a.m. run podcast, and we had a great conversation because he's he's a, he's a, he's like, listen, I used to be the jerk vegan. Vegans, I, I was a knock at humans. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, humans. Yeah, but I, I mentioned dude, the fact that you've been through that. I I always think about the conversation I have with a couple of them because I'm like. They always expect a, a vegan option when they come to your house, but they never have meat when you go to theirs. And I don't, I don't appreciate that. I think we should, I like if, like the cook, and this is not a beat I, I will, and it's like they will, yeah, do, I, and I do. I like listen. I have this is the veggie bread, this is the salad. I got oh, I got the um, you, you know, accommodate. whatever. I got the salmon for the pescat. I accommodate, and it's like when you invite me over, I don't want the boiled uh, oh, carrots sandwich. on. I, 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 Fucking, it is not. If it says morning star on it, I'm going to punch it. I don't want it near me. That's the same thing as giving me cold coffee. That's just a cup of disappointment. Fucking, it feels like I didn't drink it fast enough. That's all it feels like. What's your chip? Like, give me, like, I don't even need meat. Just give me stuff that's not pretending. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. I don't want your pretend bacon. Bamboo bamboo skewers with some type of this woman I used to work with is like, try this. It tastes just like a chicken wing. And I tried it. I'm like, I'll give you that it tastes like it, but the it the, the weight, the, you know, the <laughs> feet feel everything, like everything is off. It's just oh yeah. It's just it was. And I'm like, nothing feels right about this. Like nothing feels right about this. Like my I mouth no, is not absolutely not. Mind right now. There's a whole situation going on. I'm tasting bacon, but I'm eating jello. I don't like yeah, this at doing? all. <laughs> and you told me it's made out of fucking like silk or I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. I have no idea. Like I have, this probably has more ingredients than the actual damn meat that I want to eat. Like Jesus, man, come and, on. And, I'm, and again, I'm not knocking vegan. I'm not oh, knocking. I them. wish I could kind be. of a little bit. I wish I yeah. could be for the right reasons. Yeah. Right. I feel like, Maybe the time to eat a creature is when he's the last gazelle, you know, in mm. the line. Mm. Maybe we are supposed to stick with natural selection. We do keep each other alive for a long fucking time. Like, mm, we do. They wouldn't live past like 65 because something's going to eat them. In, mm. you know, <laughs> in caveman yep. days. But mm -hmm. now, man, well, we have a whole medical system that preys on the fact that you get to pay all the money you saved throughout your life at the end. Right. At the end to prolong mm -hmm. what was going to fucking happen. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And it, it's, it, I, I tell people this, like I have tried. I've I, honestly, I've never tried to be a vegan. No. I, I, I can't like my, but I've done pescatarian. I've done vegetarian. I've done those things and my body doesn't like it. It just doesn't. And there, and, you know, talking to, I wish I remember the guy's name who was a vegan. Like he, like he understood that. 
he understood that. And I think people, I, I'm more of the, the paleo keto type person who I, I like to keep it simple. Clean meats and, and keep it, 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 that's, and people, you know, people wonder, they will get on shows just like you and I are talking. They will debate each other <laughs> on what's and better. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hey, uh, yeah, question from the back. What if a person just figures out on their own what's best for their own health? and figures out what, what their body likes. Like some people like more protein, their body responds to it. Some people are carb, like it. And I think that's where I want the world to get to. And I know I'm like- You're fighting- Talking, it's like- yeah, Chemicals. Yeah. You're fighting addiction yep. that is legal mm -hmm. and that is being marketed at a low, low price in comparison mm -hmm. to a socioeconomic divide. Everything mm -hmm. that is consumed Ooh. below that socioeconomic divide fucking wow. tastes amazing. You tell me mm. if I want the shitty cranberry juice that is all natural on the shelf or the one mm. that's fucking minute or like, you know, flavorade yeah. that tastes like yeah. it's going to rot your teeth <laughs> out of your fucking head. It's amazing. Like somebody poured all the syrup from a snow cone machine into that. It fucking tastes good. And it's 99 uh, cents. Yes. That rotten mm -hmm. ass cranberry juice that I might have been okay with if it was the only thing I ever drank in my life tastes like medicine after mm -hmm. drinking the other. So how do you develop a healthy eating habit when you have to chew lettuce leaves versus mm -hmm. fucking, I don't know, potato chips? Yeah. You don't want the other because that's the only place you're finding any kind of happiness. Mm -hmm. It's why fist fights break out in poor homes over fucking mm -hmm. the stupidest little Debbie snack in the fucking cupboard. This belongs to yep. me. That is my only source of happiness because I have 99 cents. It's fucking true. I grew up you that took, way. You took it from me. You took <laughs> it from me. My you took it. <laughs> oh, oh, they weren't name brand. I tell you what. Saying? Uh, no. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> I... I I should, I, I, I bet that you meant, like, have you ever, like, tried coconut water? Like, do you buy that and drink See, it? Like, I, I would love to be able to, but I have this thing about not wanting to drink suntan lotion. <laughs> the smell of coconuts. I can't, my I head. can't, I can't, it might, that might be it. Cause I know my buddy drink and I tried it. I'm like, this is, this tastes like it shouldn't be like digested. <laughs> Like it should be like it just it doesn't feel right. It's Something like are you sure water. this is a coconut? Like I don't yeah. want I don't want your fruit or your vegetables floating yeah. in my water. It does not change my experience. It just looks again. We're back to the sink with a clog. I don't want that shit. <laughs> no, my wife tries to convince me that those uh, like bubbly and Lacroix and all that the the seltzer waters. I, I love Do them. Do you really? I love them. To me. I love them. I don't want to ruin this experience for you. It's you're, you're not you going to, but go, I love, I love hearing this. bars back in the day, you're walking along, there's all these high tops and there's mixed mm -hmm. drinks that are there that are comprised of ice and the remnants of what was a drink. Mm -hmm. Minus a cigarette butt and some fucking fizz. <laughs> that's what those taste like to me. Like you're stealing uh, people's old drinks. Totally. And they have a hint of what used to be in that drink. 
you know, I, I got into them because they're very good for, for, uh, soda addiction? for stomach issues. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so soda addiction. I mean, my, that's my, talk to my wife on the show. Oh my goodness. Like that. She used to have that. Um, but I, I, I just, there's something about it. And, um, but the fact that, again, we talked about complicating things as humans. The fact that we complicate water, <laughs> just water. We complicate the shit out of water. The, 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 ba- the, base, the basis of human existence of every, like, the most abundant <laughs> so, thing so in the human the body. The for survival. <laughs> It's like, I, I can't drink this without my cucumbers and lemon. Like, can you, like, ma'am, just, just drink it. Like, you just, you need it. Like, Why stop do we do this? this? So, because, and I think this will resonate with the ADHD. We don't like tasks that need to be repeated at various times. We mm. prefer to get shit over with. Do yep. it once, get it over with. And I find myself slipping into, at times... Water is a chore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I don't. Yes. I'll do it in a little while. <laughs> if that sounds weird, you probably don't have ADHD. But <laughs> I will put off water and it's the simplest thing you can fucking do. <laughs> I, I wake up some mornings and I'm like, you know what? Today is going to be the day that I drink enough water. Uh-huh. Like I say that out loud to myself and then it gets to be about two o'clock and I'm like. You think rabbit says that? Or does the rabbit just drink enough water? <laughs> they, just, they just drink. They just drink it. They just drink it. And the funny part about it is, you could put a water fountain in my next to my desk, and I still would find a way to make it like, oh, like oh, I gotta get up. There's a paper cup and drink water. I got it. Like oh man, it's like that is so tr- like I've never thought about like I, I that is. You're absolutely, yeah. and I feel, I feel attacked, to be honest. Yeah, I'll be honest, I feel attacked right now. <laughs> well, it's, so there's a, there is a severe side effect of meditation that is great and mm. also a curse when you have a mind like mine. So all mm. of the small things, when you become mindful, stand out to you. All of the idiosyncrasies, mm. the stupid repetitive habits, the things that don't need to exist. And for me, I'm a sit back with popcorn and laugh kind of guy. I like mm-hmm. watching you walk into the wall for a little while until you figure it out. Mm-hmm. I can yell walls, right. but that's all I can do until you figure out your nose is against something and you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, so I have a tendency to use humor to point out to people the most simple of complicated issues. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's fun. I'm, I'm, it's fun. And, but I have, um, I'm the same way. And I, I see, and I think you're kind of the same way. I, I see humor in everything. Not that I try to see it in everything. All of it. I see it in everything. The irony. And yeah, that, and I, and my, my wife has to tell me like, hey, Mark, these people don't know you. Like they don't know you. <laughs> Your wife you. and my wife probably would get along real well. I describe her as a stake and I'm a kite. And the string that she holds yeah. me to the ground, I'm like just flying everywhere. Just flying. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, there was there was a time we had a Facebook group in our old housing where we oh, used no. to live and, and someone had asked, someone had asked, Hey, does anybody have a such and such repairman that they have used at their and I I assume that everyone knew my personality, 
And I think I responded with, oh, I'm your man. I've done this. I've done that. And blah, blah. I think I may have had like a wink, wink on it, whatever. And <laughs> overnight, two people messaged me and they're like, hey, how much are you? Like, can you come look at, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and my neighbor, who is literally the female version of me, was like, you need to get a tool belt. You need to oh, show yeah, up to I their would house. Do this. Like, yeah. uh, all the way until I reached for my drill and I pulled out like ketchup. Or like everything in my lunch or in my toolbox was a sandwich kit. <laughs> just start making it and just act like nothing's different. Just watch the the puzzle, the puzzled look on their face as I assemble a giant sandwich. Like, <laughs> I would do this. I'm with you. I also like dark humor. Like Anthony Jeselnik. Mm. Oh, my goodness. He's a fucking artist. Mm. Bill Burr, Burr, people like him, like that. Oh, yes. I love it. Jeff Ross, Mm -hmm. Dave Attell. Dude, I can Mm -hmm. sit there all Uh, day long. You ever watch Bumpin' Mics? I have not. No, Uh, I need to to watch it. It's it's Jeff Ross and Dave Attell and cameos, but it's all filmed in an underground comedy club, like in New York. And they just roast shit and tell jokes. They'll bring people up. And every time they say something funny, they bump mics. That's all the, the, that's what the, you know, the actual premise of it is, is just, that was a good one. But the whole series is raw, shot well, and fucking hilarious. One of the few times you get to see uh, Bruce Willis before the issues that have taken place, because he actually gets up in one of the sets and plays the harmonic. I, uh, I just looked it up. I will be watching this. And I think that's, um, I think uh, that's your stand-up night. comedy is that. I mean, that's especially that kind of stand-up comedy. I I think is is needed. What more people need to not understand, just let it be. Like, just it is what it is. It's doing like, a job, it, whether you believe it or yep. not. Comedians can be one of the best advocates for change, understanding, mm-hmm. empathy, and yep. overt understandings. Yes. When you have a group of people. And you have something that everybody knows is a problem in society and it's rooted in something that is not good. You can talk about that as a comedian openly and pick Mm -hmm. it as one of the items and know that there are five people in your crowd that are offenders that are not being pointed at, that are just hearing it and knowing in their own mind, oh, wait a minute, this isn't acceptable. Shit. Right. I probably yep. should not do this anymore. It's so bad that people are laughing at it. Like that's yes. a really opportune moment to push clarity. I agree. It is uh comics can be a good barometer of where a society is at a certain time Ooh. and what is needed for change. Ooh. And I think, you know, once we I I'm well, I'm one of those people that I I understand that there are there are going to be things that that are just not right to say like just the the timing is bad like it, the, the yeah I I understand that but I'm also the type of person that if I hear that or see it I'm just going to remove myself from 100%. it 100 that's that's the other thing and unless it's hurting somebody it, else actively and then exactly then I'm in the confrontational don't bully people thing correct. Absolutely right. But because I understand that there's things that I laugh at that I think are freaking hilarious that somebody else is like, oh, I don't, 
I don't like that. I need to write a petition right now. I need to get this person. And it's like, listen, let's just let people like if we're not hurting somebody and if we're not affecting to like it, it's it's like I think if you're a good stand up comedian, like and I'm not doing I'm not going to blanket this and be like every stand up comedian. But if you're if you're a good if you're a Richard Pryor type person, Kevin Hart, uh, D- you know, Dave Chappelle, uh, you know, Bill Burr, all these people. George Carlin, one rest of those, in peace. He George Carlin, damn oh, good George at Carlin, this shit great. Out. Oh, George Carlin. I think, I think the people who really liked him when he was alive, they need to go back and listen to him and think, oh shit, I, I wasn't really listening to what he was saying because oh, you listen to it again uh, and you're like, yeah. shit, shit, oh, shit, shit. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like people listen to Raging Against the Machine. It's like, <gasps> what machine do you think they are raging against? It's oh. like, yeah, so. Um, but I think if you're that type of comedian, you have my blessing to say whatever you want to say, because there is going to be a punchline, which people don't understand. If I'm a politician, if I'm a CEO and I come out and I say, you know, this certain group of people are lazy. That's what I think. That's what I, that, that's literally what I think. But if I'm a good comedian and I say this, so this group of people are lazy, but there's a punchline to it. So it becomes sarcasm. So it becomes a change agent. Like there, people don't get that. People don't get that part of a good stand-up comedian. I like reveals from behind the thought process. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, you said this group of people is lazy. Mm -hmm. The comedian that I'm impressed with will be able to pull the rabbit out of the hat and show you the reason they're being lazy and why it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. And that's possible. You can find that and turn that into a joke. Wouldn't you be Mm -hmm. that way if all you got was this? Wouldn't you do this if this was all Mm -hmm. that happened? Shit like that. And you point it out and you're like, well, fuck. Man, God, I I wouldn't go there. That's... I ne- I've never been a part of a paradigm shift so quick before. Like, when did I? What I didn't I didn't pay this money yeah, to, to be stop grabbing to, my rug. To do that. Like, you're pulling it out from under me, and I'm fucking falling on my ass. But it's true. Like, it's so true. And I think that that's what this is for. The conversation mm-hmm. we're having right now is making the things that we're all going through but hiding commonplace. Yes. And laughing at how ridiculous they actually are and how serious we take non-existent shit. Ask yourself Mm -hmm. the next time you're stressed out. I mean, like legitimately stressed out is what's stressing me happening right now. And then ask yourself, is that or is that not a mental illness? Mm Because no other creature on the planet is having diarrhea because they're going to get eaten by a lion next year. So true. But boy, so when true. you're talking about graduating from Harvard, mm. oh, your stomach's in knots a year ahead of time. Yep. A year ahead of time. Mm. Or, you know, that awkward conversation coming up. Worry is preposterous. I think it's like a Taoist, um, mm. you know, like some something I read somewhere. But it's true. It serves no purpose in the now. Yep. Doesn't, especially with someone with high function anxiety like that. Like I would, God, I'd smile all the time. Mark's great. Mark's in a good state of mind. Mark's good to go. And and in the back, in the back of my head, I'm 
I'm going to die. Oh, I'm like, like, I'm, I don't know what to do. If, if there <laughs> was a picture of my mind just popped into my head, I would be in Donkey Kong jumping barrels 24-7. Yep. That is a perfect, Like, I'm never going to make it to the top NLDS. because there's always mm. more barrels than there are chances to advance. Yes. So I'm correct. literally just hopping mm-hmm. <laughs> like, for no reason because the barrels so, are actually yeah. made of air. Yes. Yep. And so what? Jump an imaginary my, ship. My, my defense mechanism, and it actually, this is one of the ones that actually works very well for me, is if I ever start to worry about something that's, that, I, that I need to do or be a part of or conversation I need to have, or what, I literally do it right. I jump Man, right into it if I'm able to. Yes. Oh, oh my God. I tell, yeah. I, tell my, yeah. Oh. I tell my trainer. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we show up to work out, he's like, do you want to do this or do you want to bike? Do you want to do this or do you want to mm-hmm. run? What do you want to start with? Mm-hmm. A fucking run. Give mm-hmm. me the stupid run. I'm going to eat my vegetables, get it over with because it sucks. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go do some bench presses that are fun. Yes, exactly. I, dude, mm-hmm. every day when my dinner hits my, my table, I eat mm. my vegetables before I consume the rest of it. Why? Because if you end your meal on a vegetable, you're a goddamn serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put these peas to the side and I'm going to savor them. Peas. I'm just going <laughs> to... Peas taste like mm, an ashtray. Delicious. 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 <laughs> but I, I, and I... And anybody listening, like, if you're thinking about it and they're like, I... Because... If you do this, like if you force yourself to do the thing that makes you anxious or nervous or whatever, you start to build that muscle memory mm-hmm. and you start to think like what happens is because this this happens to everyone. Everyone can relate to this. You worry about a conversation or an interview or something that's going to happen. You worry, 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 worry. And then you do it. And what do you think afterwards? Oh, that was not that bad. That was nothing. So what if that nothing you could have handled weeks ago? So what happens if you jump into it and you get it over with and you're like, oh, that was nothing. Then you start to build up that muscle, that that brain muscle, that anxiety muscle that's like, you know what? Action. This is giving prevents, me a little pause. Action. Yeah. Action prevents knots. I, I yeah. use a rope analogy mm-hmm. for when I described meditation. But this kind of has the same concept to it. I like to mm-hmm. think that when you meditate, like we go through things in lives in life and we get tied into a knot. If we're one length of rope, each experience or trial or tribulation that we go through, it becomes a knot. If we do not address it in the now, and then it sits in us for life until we find a way to untie those through some kind of mindful exercise, whatever it is, right? Same thing you're saying, rather than creating a knot for later, you're taking care of it in the now. Yep. You're not putting a knot. You're not putting a knot in the room. <laughs> no knots. Well done. <laughs> you know what? On that note, I think we should probably wrap up. We're an hour and seven in, and I could probably okay. keep going for an hour and you seven could. more. <laughs> You're a super cool dude, Mark. I genuinely appreciate it. I think I like the fact that we got to hear the real you and who you mm-hmm. are, what comprises you, because I feel like if someone wants to take guidance from someone or use their lighthouse as a method with which they create their own, 
Um, mm. It takes seeing behind the actual light to understand it. Right. And I think that um, people got to see that today. Why don't you take a moment, tell people where they can find you and what they can expect. And um, we'll keep it all in the show notes so that everybody can uh, find you. I appreciate that. And and I do most of my, my uh, marketing work on either IG or LinkedIn. And you can just find my name on on LinkedIn, Mark Paisant, P-A-I-S-A-N-T. On Instagram, you can either follow my fitness journey and my coaching with uh, Paisant underscore fitness, or just go to the relatively or relatively normal podcast. And if you're looking for any fitness or nutrition, anything like that, head over to 6 a.m., run.com and it has a link to that podcast. You can listen to me uh, with some really great conversations. So well, I it. do a lot, just like you, I, I do a lot of things and I stay busy, but I couldn't have it any other way. No, it's action in the now. The moment that you become yeah. authentic and you start spinning your web in place, that's when oh, you start right. collecting yes. so many beautiful things. You're just spinning a spinning web. Spinning your web in place. Spinning your web in place. I am. I'm writing that down. I'm spinning. I love that. Today. I'm gonna I love go ahead that. And on that. You do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. Sometimes you get on fire, but you're right though. You get a dopamine rush when you start mm. talking about what you're passionate about, and the ADHD mm. mind will pluck shit like nobody's business. We're like the. Yes. We pull guitar strings, just over and over and over again in our mind. All day. <laughs> All day. And other people's guitar strings oh, too. It's yeah. like, is that your guitar? Yeah, let me let me let me, me strum yeah. your guitar. <laughs> Nothing more violating than another man walking up and strumming your guitar while you're holding it. <laughs> the ADHDs carry picks. <laughs> Sorry, sir, let me get by you real Hold quick. On. Let me just oh, uh, you're, you're yeah. doing the reach around uh, strum. Yeah, there's even worse. Excuse me, yeah. I thought you were just going up and doing a quick. You're, you're, no, no, why would I do you that? You want to whisper in their ear. This is come here, this sir. Is I just see. I just know you. I got this. I got this. And this, this is a G chord. Oh, much better. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'll, I'll be seeing. You need a tune. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta and, get out of here, man. Yeah, yeah we Remember, gotta, gotta everybody, go. be sir? cool and keep learning. Jeez, this is funny. <laughs> <laughs>